Welcome to an audio teaching from Windsor Park Baptist Church in Auckland, New Zealand. If you would like to look at the message notes or see some questions for reflection that take their lead from today's teaching, head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and head to the online tab where you'll see services and series and you can download different resources from there. Thanks for joining us and we hope you're encouraged by today's teaching. Well, last weekend, Joe and I went for a walk in the central business district of downtown Auckland. At that time, we were in a different level and all the retail shops were still closed. And realistically, it was still like a bit of a ghost town. Here's a picture that I took at 9am last Saturday of what one of the busiest streets in our country looks like. But I love our downtown area. I love walking around it. And we went on a walk from the downtown ferry terminal all the way up Queen Street on one side to Karanga Happy Road and then crossed and came back down the other, went around Britomart and some of the beautiful areas that we have developing uh, in downtown Auckland there. I got my steps up, that's for sure, because like many of you, I guess, you're carrying a few extra kgs after a few months of lockdown. I know I certainly am. What I love about our city here in Auckland is its mix of new architecture and there's plenty of construction sites and there are plenty of things still going on and being built down there. The modern architecture and our modern buildings from Commercial Bay through to the revamped Britomart area. But I also love the intermingling of some of the classical remaining buildings of an architecture of a generation or two ago. Joe made the comment as we were walking around because there was not much else going on that to really appreciate some of that architecture. To really see some of our history, you've got to look up. You've got to look around to appreciate exactly what we have. We did that as we walked around and we thought about all of the history that we saw present there from the the Dilworth building that's on the bottom of Queen Street there on that busy corner. It's been there since 1927. We thought about all of the events that have been held in the Auckland Town Hall since it was constructed in 1911. Lots of glamour, I'm sure. As we looked at the Christmas display in the windows of Smith and Coey's, we thought about all of the fashions that have changed since 1929 when that impressive building was completed. And what about the rich Christian history that is marked by the strong presence on the side of the Auckland Baptist Tabernacle right at the top end of Queen Street since 1885. It's an incredible building with amazing stories. As I reflected upon our walk over this last week, I realized again that when you look up, when you take the time to look up, the the horizon to both history and eternity is endless. But you do have to take the time to look up, to appreciate it, to think about what it might mean for your life today. I wonder if Jesus was saying a similar thing when he was talking to his disciples in what we call today the Sermon on the Mount. Since September of this year, we've been walking our way through some of the significant words, powerful words that Jesus spoke, seeking to discern for ourselves, seeking to articulate what these timeless scriptures mean to us as we continue understanding what it is to be an authentic follower of Jesus in our lives and at this time. And we are in interesting times. We are in unprecedented times and 
I just wanted to say that because I've used that word two weeks in a row now, just to refresh your memory of what is one of the most overused words in our vocabulary over the last 18 months. We know that all of the words that we have been looking at in the Sermon on the Mount are challenging words. And we know they're challenging because the application to how we live our lives has realistically been quite difficult. Well, that continues today. As we look at a passage that, again, sounds like a really nice idea and it sounds like a really good thing to embrace, but actually applying it to our lives is a much more difficult proposition. If I was to perhaps summarize what Jesus was seeking to communicate in, this, in these words, it might be this. Worry less and worship more. Again, sounds so easy, right? Worry less and worship more. Or perhaps he might be saying, look up, look at me. The horizon to both history and, and eternity where, where I am is endless. The passage we're looking at is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. If you have got a paper Bible, like in a book form with you, I am encourage you to open it up and have a pen ready to underline the bits that stick out to you or open it up on your device or however you read the Bible. But the words will also be on the screen. These are the words of Jesus as he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I mean, this all sounds so easy, right? What's probably resonating in some of your minds is the song written by Bobby McFerrin in 1988, where he writes... In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. The reality, of course, is that we all know that that is not as easy as it sounds, particularly right now. I could spend a long time giving you a list of all of the things that I know a bunch of you are worrying about. I hear them. I understand them. I could give you a list of the things that I am worried about right now. And some of these things on our lists are valid. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be worried about some of them. But some things aren't actually as important as others. Particularly when we put Jesus in the middle of these worries. 
It's really all about finding what a healthy balance is. And I actually believe that this is what Jesus is saying to us today. And I say that because when we look into this passage, we see that the word that Jesus uses for worry in the very first sentence here is the Greek word merino. Quite hard to say, actually. Repeat after me. Merino. I'm not even sure if that's how you say it properly. It's a word that is used to express intense feelings of anxiety and issues in life. I mean, Jesus uses the same word in a couple of other places in the gospel, in Matthew 10, verse 19, when he tells his disciples not to worry about what they will say when they get arrested for being his disciple, for being a Christian. He says, don't worry about that because the spirit of their father, the spirit of God will speak through them. I mean, you would think that would be a time to be most worried about. Jesus said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. It's the same word that Jesus uses in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verse 41, when he tells Martha not to worry about everything that she's worrying about, but instead to sit at his feet and focus on him, just like Mary was doing. Don't worry about all of those other things. They're consuming you. Just sit with me, Jesus says to Martha. When you look at these three examples, the scripture that we've read and these other two, the use of the words merim, no, you'll start to get the point of what Jesus was saying when he said, don't worry about your life. What he is saying is that we have to keep some kind of balance about the things that we're worrying about. And that when we let worry overtake us, or when we let worry overtake our focus on him, then life has a very good chance of getting unbalanced. And life can become unhinged very quickly. Because unbalanced worry ultimately indicates to us a lack of trust in God. From verse 26, Jesus then uses a bunch of rhetorical questions to get his point across. Rhetorical questions are questions that don't need answers because the answers realistically are fairly obvious. In a common literary style of making a point that even the rabbis of the day used, which is why Jesus used it, Jesus goes from what is called from the lesser to the greater several times over to make his point. Look at the birds of the year, the, the lesser. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you the greater? Not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I mean, lesser to greater. And in verse 28, And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Again, from flowers to people, from lesser to greater. You of little faith, says Jesus. The answers to these questions that Jesus asks are clear and are, in fact, somewhat obvious. And then in verse 33, Jesus makes his point. And what a point it is. Profound, 
particularly for the group of people that he was addressing at the time, who were predominantly poor and oppressed in ways that realistically very few of any of us can fully understand. Profound, because his point is clear and it's direct. Profound, because it seeks to direct our attention away from some of the things that drag us away from seeing the big picture of who God is what he has done for us and what he promises for those who follow him for all of eternity. Jesus says, do not worry, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things will be given to you as well. And then to cap it off, in order to bring some action to the worries of their current day and our day, therefore do not worry about tomorrow For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. These are strong words of action. The use of the imperative seek in that verse does not mean that we should be looking for something that isn't present. Because Jesus has already come. He's already announced the arrival of the kingdom of heaven. In this context, it means that his disciples are to make the kingdom of heaven the center of their continual, daily attention and priorities. Jesus is saying to his disciples, and I believe he is saying to us, worry less and worship more. And or at the same time, he's saying, look up, look to me. Look at the horizon of both history and eternity because those horizons are endless. One of the challenges for us when we think about worry is that we probably don't think of worry as a form of idolatry. Idolatry is worshipping false gods. What I mean by that is that we don't think about the things that we worry as being what I call small g gods. But Jesus is saying... That worry is a God we worship when we allow ourselves, whatever we are worried about, to take our eyes off Jesus and the place that he holds in our lives. The reality is, even for those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus, is that we are prone to substitute despair and hopelessness and fear in place of God. And then we often, probably more often than not, turn to our own efforts to try and control our own environments and our own lives. You know, I'm not sure if there is another time in recent history when we've seen as many people as there are today worrying themselves sick. And sure, there are some things to be worried about, to be concerned about. Jobs, the division that we see in our society, mental health, vaccine certificates and how they're going to work out, families being separated in ways that, you know, I haven't seen before. I know I am worried about some things. Primarily, I'm worried about how the church is going to function over the next year with all of the restrictions that will be around for a little while and how we're going to apply them to our lives. That does keep me up at night. You see, we've all got some worries going on. But the absolute good news At this exact time, at any time in fact, the best news ever that could in fact change our world or grow stronger communities as we put our faith into action, as it has for generations, is that the kingdom of heaven has 
come near. The kingdom of heaven is present. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior, died on a cross and bore the weight of our sins on his shoulders. And his resurrection shows us, demonstrates us, that the power of God is at work in our world today, represented by the Holy Spirit with us. And so as Jesus says, therefore I tell you, because of these things, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, but seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all of these other things, you know, they'll work themselves out. The absolute key for us to overcome worry in our lives is to learn how to utilize God's strength to accomplish what is before us today. Because, you know, today's accomplishment is tomorrow's lesson. The more we learn today, the more we can apply it tomorrow. So here's a few ideas to perhaps help alleviate the worries of your life, to help you embrace the power and strength of God that is available to you today. Here are some practical ideas that you might want to apply. Firstly, maybe you need to start applying thankfulness to the start of your day. How about this? Every morning, write down somewhere, maybe on a post-it note and put it on your bathroom mirror, three things that you are thankful for. I mean, you could start there today by thanking God for a great pastor, even though he's online Just find two other things. But a rhythm of looking up, a rhythm of thankfulness, a rhythm of of looking at all the good things in our lives, you know, it draws our attention to the God who is good to us. What about this idea? Soak yourself in the Word of God, perhaps more than what you have done before. And I really want to encourage you. Sometimes just opening up the Bible can be kind of tricky. You're not sure where to start, where to finish, what it all means. I want to encourage you to find a really great tool that helps you journey through the the depth and, and the richness of what is the greatest story ever told. If you're unsure what tool might be good for you, there are many books or apps or resources. Hey, get in touch with us because that's what we're here for. We love to resource you. We love to help you. Depending on where you're at in your faith journey, there are a whole range of different things. Email us at care at windsorpark.org.nz because we care about helping you. Or how about this idea? Stop reading so much news and social media. Oh, how did, how did that note get in there? That was a note that I wrote for myself. Uh, you get the point, many of you. Let me take a break from some of the things that seek to crowd our our attention. Lastly, I would say this as an idea for some of you. Don't be scared to get help. Sometimes the worries of this world, and this season especially, might get on top of some of us. And you know the greatest threat to us looking up, to to seeking God, to finding the kingdom of heaven in the midst of our worries is that we often think that we're alone, that nobody cares, that no one understands our unique worries. Some people think that we're actually beyond help. Well, let me be clear. All of those reasons for not seeking help and any other reason that you are justifying to yourself right now, they are not from God. Some of you need to reach out. 
And some of you might need specialists to intervene in your lives because what's going on for you, that's why God has gifted specialists with specialist abilities. Don't be scared. Don't think it's a sign of weakness. Some of you need to reach out and get help. You know, I think that there is a big opportunity right in front of those of us who like to think that we are Christians. Maybe it's one of the bigger opportunities that the church has actually had in a while. And that's through the way that we live our lives today, the way that we live through tomorrow as we approach Freedom Day, the way that we speak and act and the attitudes that we carry. We have a great opportunity to show that we can deal with the worries of our lives by seeking first the kingdom of heaven. Because when you look up, when we look for the goodness of God, the horizon to both history, to what God has done in the past and eternity for all the promises that he gives us for the future, that the past and the present and eternity, the possibilities, the horizons are endless. And literally, they can change our lives. My prayer is that in the worries that we are facing for today, that we would place them at the foot of Jesus, who cares for us, who wants to reveal to us his love and his grace and his mercy. Might we have open hearts as we pray. Father, it's very easy for us to read this scripture and to say, you know what, that is easier said than done. We carry worries right now. There are things that concern us. There are troubles that we haven't experienced in our generation before. But we thank you, Father, that there is nothing new for you. You are aware and you know and you are present with us. I pray right now for those who have worries that seek to smother them in their lives, people who have an unhealthy dose of worry right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit might speak into their hearts right now. And that we all might take some tangible steps to think about how we might place our cares and concerns with you and trust you to take care of them and to take care of us. For you have shown through the journey of your people, through the scriptures and through history and through the promises that we have for today and for all of eternity, that with you, the The kingdom of heaven is present and we are thankful. So help us to have the wisdom to know how to lay down our lives and our cares before you and to trust you for what the future holds. In the powerful name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.